Uh, very good. It's actually a joy to uh, serve across these four services and to share with you as we uh, start Missions Month um, this week. This week we start it, a Missions Month. Check out your newsletter for all the details of those events. Um, the Young Ads, there's a, a cultural experience where you get the opportunity to go into different homes where you'll share food and learn about different cultures as well. Some guest speakers um, also. But one of the beauties of God's kingdom is that God's good news is for all people. Uh, rich, poor, in the Himalayas, in the deserts of the Sahara, every culture is invited to the table to be a part of God's kingdom. And when we gather as cultures in that unity, it speaks of um, God's heart, of, of who he is. And even within our church here at Bridgman, we have um, many cultures represented. And I can't wait to that event on the Saturday the 14th. We're coming together for different foods from different cultures. There'll be some music. There'll be testimonies um, of people from different cultures as well. But just as a little bit of a taster, some of those people have just shared some greetings of where they're from in the world. Um, these are all people from Bridgman here and a little bit of their testimony. So we're going to check that video out right from the start here tonight. I was born on the lands of the Gimoi, Wallabara, Yindinji peoples in Cairns. I met Jesus at a fairly young age in primary school. I love God because he is my heavenly father, he is my protector, and he is my rock. I came to meet Jesus for the first time 10 years ago now at the 6.30pm service at Bridgie. And I am thankful for all that God is in our lives, for his unconditional love and for his constant word. That is just a reminder to each and every one of us of just how much he loves and cares for us. God has performed many miracles in my life and has always been faithful. I love the Lord and want to continue to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I met the Lord on the 20th of December, 1985. And I can tell you with all certainty that it's the best decision I've made in my life. It's been worth having the Lord in my life. I love Jesus because uh, through difficult times of my life, He always has been there to take care of me, uh, my family. And I know through Him all things are possible. For me, it's, it's love. And um, I love the God's kingdom because we do serve a God that although He's all-powerful, he defined himself as love, and I think that's amazing. 23 years ago, somebody introduced me Jesus like a good friend. And nowadays, I'm still feeling his kindness, his love, his compassion, his care for my family. And I just have to say thank you, Jesus, for all what you've done for me and my family. Bye-bye. Thank you. Ciao. I'm thankful to God for everything what he has done from the day one till today. I'm here today with my family in Australia only because of my God's presence or God's grace. I was born in Iraq. I came to Australia in 2019. And since Christmas 2019, and my faith is growing in this church, which I call it home and family. And shukran. 
There you go, a little bit of a taster of that night. Come along, the food will be great. I've spoken to a few of them there, like can't wait to share some of their food. For those that might be invited to some of the cultural experiences, two of the families, I said there might be 60 or 70 young adults, we're dividing them amongst different families and cultures. And they said, oh, we thought we were going to have them all. We wanted all 60 or 70 to come. So you're going to be really welcomed into those homes and um, blessed with lots of food as well. Um, we're going to look at a psalm tonight that, that speaks of God's heart for all people. So would you read with me uh, Psalm 67? Uh, it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The lands yield its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Now, in this psalm, actually the beginning of it there, you might recognize some of the phrases there. It's based off uh, a prayer of blessing that priests would pray over the Israelites and um, that they would be blessed and that God's face would shine upon them. The first thing I want to say here tonight is that it is good to come to God and ask for his blessing. Um, you might think, of course that's good, or why would I not? But within our, our hearts and minds sometimes are these doubts, would, would God bless me? Like, am I worthy of God's blessing, of God's love? Have, have I done the right things or have I done too many wrong things? There might be some doubt about God's heart to love you and to bless you. Well, I want to say that we're invited to come and to ask for his blessing. Maybe we might think, well, surely there's people with greater needs than me. Maybe God doesn't have time for me and my needs well, I want to tell you there's no limit to God's grace for all people and for you, and he wants to bless you. Actually, Jesus describes his father in this way. He says, an earthly father, if a son comes to an earthly father and asks for a loaf of bread, what earthly father would ever give a stone? He says, if an, an, a son would come to a father and, and ask for fish, what earthly father would ever give a snake? And he says, if, if you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, how much greater does your heavenly father know how to bless and give you good gifts? So the first thing I want to say is, is we're encouraged to come and to ask for God's blessing, not just individually, but over our family and for his blessing over us as a church. The second thing I wanted to ask the question is, how do we approach God? How do we approach God and ask for that blessing to come? And there's a hint in it. It says, may God be gracious to us. That, that word grace, it means undeserved favor. Um, it, it's undeserved. It's just a gift. It's, it's not dependent upon who you are, of what you've done, or anything like that. It is undeserved favor. And it's from the character of God. Because God is gracious, he gives good gifts, he gives love, he gives blessing to us 
because he is gracious, not that we will ever deserve it. And that is a key to the Christian life, a key to us approaching God, is to know that it is not dependent upon us and what we do or have done. If I come to God according to what I have done, I don't know about you, but I would come with fear and trembling. Well, God, you know what I did yesterday and my thoughts and actions. I wonder if you would bless. If we come on that basis, we will always be concerned about would God bless us. But if we come because we know he is a gracious God and he, out of his character, loves us and cares for us, that's very different. We can have confidence in his character and not ours. But tonight I want to tell you that to come to God and ask for his grace and to approach him in this way is very, very unique. Why do I say that? Because if we look around the world, all the religions or ways of attaining merit with God are based on human effort. And I want to take you just a little bit of a trip around the world to see some of the ways people view attaining God's merit or favour or, or peace in their life. I was talking to John Redmond yesterday. He's recently come back from Nepal and has worked with Buddhist peoples. And he said the Tibetan Buddhists, now they don't believe in a deity, but they're looking for nirvana. Um, if they have sinned, they've done something wrong, they would go to a monk and the monk might say to them, you need to lay down, they, they prostrate themselves flat on the ground and pray down to God. They stand back up and then prostrate themselves again. You can see these three ladies doing it. And they might each time get five, five foot, six foot ahead, a couple of metres ahead, and they keep working their way along. You can look on YouTube. These three ladies did this for 25 to 35 days to go to a holy place because that's what they were directed to because of their sin. They do not know a God of grace. There are millions and millions of Buddhists trying to attain some sense of peace and fulfilment in these ways. If we go to South Asia, to India, Nepal, Bangladesh, these places, there are 280 million Dalit people. Um, now the Dalit people are the lowest people in the Hindu class system. They're also known as the untouchables. If you say to them, you can approach God, they would say, I, I, I can't, I would never believe that I could approach God because they have been told their whole lives that they are untouchable, that their value is worth less than animals. They get the, the worst jobs in, in society and that's their value. If they are to walk in a street that their shadow should not cast over someone else because they might contaminate them. Um, if they drink from a cup, they should smash that so someone else might not drink from that same cup and be contaminated. They live with this. So the sense of approaching God for favour is not even a thought for them. They don't know of a God of love and a God of grace. Uh, 280 million people in that part of the world. If you look at the Muslim population of the world, 1.8 billion people who are hoping, hoping that they do enough good to outweigh the bad in their life that Allah might have mercy on them. 
as I said, for us to come to a gracious God and to know that he loves us is a unique thought process. And in this passage, the prayer is that all the peoples of the world would know that there is a God who loves them, a God who cares for them, and greater than that, a God that has come for them. Can you see the difference in who Jesus is? Not a God who stands off for us to work our way toward, but Jesus is a God who came, didn't he? For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Jesus is the one that says, I have come to take your sin. I have come to take your shame. I have come to take your guilt. I have come to give you life and life to the full. I have come to seek and to save the lost. He is a God who has come. Not a God that we have to attain or do anything towards. He is a gracious, gracious God. This is who he is and this is the the message that he wants all the nations to know. As we look at this passage, um, we can ask the question, well, what is the blessing? And there's this passage, uh, this little phrase in there, um, make his face shine upon us. What, what does that mean? Um, it's like a, a sense of a smile or favour, maybe as a, a parent would have over their child. But in the scriptures, it actually speaks of being God's actual presence and his power. Um, there's a moment in Exodus where, where Moses says, God, I'm not going to go unless you go with me. And in that moment, God responds to him and he says, Moses, my face will go before you. It's like God saying, my presence will go before you. And God is saying um, throughout scriptures, actually, that, that the blessing is God himself. If you want to be blessed in this, this life, the world will tell us that we need lots and lots of things. But I tell you, and the scriptures will say, that the greatest gift that we can have is God's presence. God's presence in our life. If you can just imagine with me God's unconditional love. I love what Marcos said in that, that God, even despite his majesty and power, that he defines himself as love. And you imagine that unconditional love seeping deep into your heart, unconditional love, unconditionally accepted, into all of those places of insecurity in our lives. That is the greatest gift. His presence, his love in our life. His presence, his peace going into the deepest parts of our our lives where there's fear and anxiety that we might know peace, that we might know security here on earth, but also eternal security, that we might know freedom In the heart of hearts, that is the greatest gift that any human being could want. And in Jesus, not only has he come to save, he has come that we might know God personally and intimately and have his presence in our lives. That is his greatest gift. That is the good news. That is the best news for humanity, that we might know God in this way. And that's the prayer. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May his face shine upon us. But there's a twist in this psalm with a really important word called that. 
that there's a purpose behind the blessing. He says in this, this passage, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you. May they be glad and filled with joy. So the question we could ask is, why are we blessed? Why do we know this grace and know this presence in our lives? Well, there's a purpose, and it doesn't stop with me. The purpose is, we, we are blessed that the peoples of the earth might know that those three ladies prostrating themselves for 35 days know that there's no need to do that. There's a God who loves you, a God that's come for you, a God that says on the cross it is finished and you can have right relationship. God has blessed us that others in the world will know the joy and be glad and praise God for his love and grace. The reason we are blessed is for the nations. Actually, as you read through the scriptures, you realize that we have been caught up in a story that is so much bigger than ourselves. Actually, this purpose of God, that all the nations would praise him, that all the nations would be glad in him, all the nations would know his salvation, is from the beginning to the end of scripture. Um, If you imagine God has created the world, but he's not really known yet, back in the start of the scriptures, way back in Genesis, how would God make himself known to all of the world? Like, There's probably many ways he can do that, but which way did he choose? We read in Genesis 12, 2 to 3, he, he, he chose a man, Abram, and he said this, I will make you into a great nation, the nation of Israel, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who, I, I, who curse you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God's mode of operation was to bless a man, to bless a nation, that through that nation, all peoples would know. And I'm going to quickly just rush through some stories in the scriptures. When, when, the, when the Israelites were taken out of Exodus and across the Red Sea, at the end of that, God said, I have done this, that the Egyptians would know that I am the Lord. It says that. You can read the, the scriptures. When um, Daniel and Meshach and Shadrach and Abednego... When the three guys were in the the fire and then Daniel was in the lion's den, at the end of those stories, you you think, God, why these faithful men, why would you throw them in a, a furnace or in with lions? But at the end of both of those stories, both of those leaders, King Darius and King Nebuchadnezzar, say, may the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be honored in our nation." And in Daniel's case, the the decree went out to all nations to honour that God. If you read the end of the story of David and Goliath, same thing. That God is, is wanting to show all the nations of the world how great he is, how good he is. And he is using his people for this story that all nations would know that he is God. That they would know his character. Even in the story of Rahab that we've looked at more recently, as the spies went to Rahab, she said to them, I've heard about your God. I heard that um, you were rescued. And I've come to know that he is the God of heaven above and earth below. 
God had shown himself to her and she understood and knew God's grace in that story. God is on a mission that all peoples would recognize that he is God. All people would know his love and grace and find joy in him. And his mode of operation is to bless his people that other people might know. And this goes all the way till the end of the scriptures. And this weekend, we'll, we'll see some crowds. We saw 100,000 people at the MCG yesterday and at Sydney tonight, we have a stadium full. But I want to tell you of a much greater crowd um, in heaven. Let me read this in Revelation 7, 9. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. A crowd so big, so vast that you couldn't even count it. From every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. They'd come to know the way of salvation, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. A multitude, a crowd standing in heaven. I want to say that this life on earth is like a vapour. We, we all, in, in just a short moment time, will be spending time in eternity. And here is this picture of what eternity will look like, of God's desire for all people. And here on earth... Uh, our purpose is coupled in with God's purpose that all people would know or how great he is to show people how great he is. David Platt sums up this passage when he says, The blessing of God is not intended to end with me, but the blessing of God is to spread through me. Can I just read that again? That The blessing of God is not intended to end with me, but the blessing of God is intended to flow through me. If I could just get Dan just to lift up a little bit of an illustration. David Platt says that the danger is that we disconnect the blessing of God from the purpose of God. That, that we disconnect the blessing, God's blessing us, so much, but then if we forget what the purpose of that, of that is, that's the danger. Let me explain it this way. We are created not to be like a bucket. A, a bucket holds things. Um, if you pour water in this, let's say you pour blessing in this, um, it, it holds it, it keeps it, it stores it, and it won't go anywhere. And the actual other part of being a bucket is there's a limit to that blessing. Before too long, it'll just flow out. There's no use pouring any more into that. And, and David Platt is saying, and the scriptures say in this, this passage, we are not created to be like buckets, to hold and store God's blessing. We are created to be like pipes. It's something you can just store away to say to yourself, I'm created to be like a pipe. Do you like that? <laughs> you are created to be like a pipe. The, the beauty of a pipe is it carries whatever is flowing through it. 
It doesn't hold it, it carries it from one place to the other. And the other sense of a, of a pipe is that there's no limit to what can flow through that. As long as that is attached to a source of, let's say, water, or the never-ending grace and love and blessing of God, there is no limit to the amount of blessing that can flow through that. God will not stop pouring blessing in to a life that continues to let it flow. Why would God not continue to pour out blessing into our lives as it flows to others? In, in writing to Timothy, who's, who's investing in the early church, Paul writes these words. He says, Command those who are rich in this present world. Um, that's rich in terms of um, material blessings, but rich in many different ways. We are blessed in so many different ways with our gifts, our time, our freedom, uh, our capacities, our, our finances too. He says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share with others. In this way, they will store up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. In this way, treasure will be stored up in eternity, so they may take hold of the life that is true life. I like that. They may take hold of the life that is true life. Our world will tell us, our messages from all sorts of um, screens and ads and things, that, that, that life is about accumulation and holding on and protecting and securing things. The way of Jesus is totally different. It's about sharing and being generous and giving what we have, that others will be blessed and that these pipes would go to the ends of the earth, that others, like these three ladies we saw beside the road, like the Dalits of India, would know that there is a God who loves them, that they too would be part of that multitude that will praise him in eternity. Do you know, right now, there are probably two billion people in the world that are still yet to hear of Jesus. Two billion people who are still yet to hear about Jesus. And, and I'm not saying they've heard but rejected. I'm saying that even for the first time, they've never heard, never had an opportunity to know that there's a God who loves them, a God who has, came, has come for them, and a God who has saved them. The opportunity for us and the reason that God will bless us is that those we look outside of ourselves and serve those around us. And our pipes of blessing will go to the ends of the earth. I love the, the saying of a, a, as an American business called R.G. Latorno, who decided to give 90% of his wealth away and keep 10%. And someone said to him, how do you continue to give 90% of your income away and then still get richer? And he said to this person, he said, I just keep shoveling it out, I keep giving it out, but God keeps shoveling it back in and his shovel is much bigger than mine, is what he said. 
And it's that same sense that as we continue to give out our blessing, whether that's finances, whether that's just the knowledge that we know, uh, using our gifts, as we continue to serve and bless others, God will continue to, to bless us and allow that flow to, to happen uh, in our lives. And just to finish this, I'm, I'm really aware that you know, when we think of millions of people in this world, um, what we, we sometimes think even if we're moved to, to start, like what, what do we do? I want to encourage us this month to, to pray and to ask God for one, just one simple step as to what I can do, what we can do in making a difference, particularly for those that have never heard the name of Jesus. Maybe you would make a commitment to do a short-term mission trip. Maybe you would read a book to learn more. Maybe you would pray for one of these people groups. Just one simple thing that you think you can do to make a difference that, that people like those three ladies, like the Dalits, would know how much God loves them. And this month, I want to just share a few opportunities that we do have. One is on the 19th of October, we have a speaker coming to, to, to speak here at Bridgman. I can't mention it online, but check in your newsletter on the 19th of October. He has an incredible ministry uh, reaching some of the least rich in South Asia. Come and hear stories of what God's doing and how you can support there on that Thursday the 19th. I want to encourage you to support some of our long-term workers around the world. Get to know them. Maybe receive their emails. I've received one from Sandra Perry recently sharing about how 180 prisoners within the Cambodian jail system, you can't believe how crowded it is, and, and, and they're in jail, but yet they're hearing of hope in Jesus in these prisons. Find out what she's doing and how you can support it. And I spoke to her this morning. She said she wants to have a short-term trip and go at the beginning of next year to go and see what's happening there. And throughout this month, we'll be having an offering to support um, our workers and to support some of their projects. And so, you know, maybe you could consider giving to that, being generous in giving and supporting what's happening in those parts of the world. I want to encourage us to get behind this Operation Christmas Child. I don't know how much you've looked into how many of those shoe boxes go out. 11 million shoe boxes each year go out to families, to individuals and to bless their families. And within those shoeboxes are obviously the gifts, but more information about Jesus. They're connecting with the local church. After I spoke here in this, this morning, one of the guys that's recently come from Syria said, we gave those shoeboxes out in Lebanon. And he was so blessed to come and find, find out that we here were giving them. And, and said it makes such a difference. I want to share a story of a, a young girl who received one of these shoeboxes in the Middle East. Um, just at five years old, in a poor family, she said she just never, ever received anything new. She'd never received a gift. And uh, her parents, even though it was a country where there's 97% Muslim people, her parents um, had come to know Jesus, and they shared with her Psalm 23, and they said, well, let's just pray. And they prayed. And the other thing that they really wanted as a family is to be able to hear the news, the the news of what's going on. They'd never, ever owned a radio, and so they prayed. And then it came that they heard that a local church was giving out these shoeboxes, and they received their shoebox. And the little girl walked the hour home to their home, and they opened up the shoebox, and within it, she received her first ever packet of pencils, her first calculator, a stuffed bear, and soap. And she recognised this was an answer to her prayer. This was 
a sign that God loved her and was caring for her. And as she opened up the shoebox, she couldn't believe that there was a little radio inside. Um, God had answered um, her prayer. And we don't know, like as we just simply put a shoebox together and we send that off, we don't know the impact that that is going to have on the lives of those around. I want to encourage us. Maybe you would even get together as friends. I've seen this. People get together and pack boxes together, multiple boxes, and send over them. You can even track them these days and see where it goes in the world. So grab hold of one of those shoe boxes at the end of the service at the info desk. And then finally, I want to share an opportunity here, even uh, just here at Bridgman in our English classes. Uh, each week, our English classes probably... Uh, welcome 70 to 80 people from maybe 10 to 15 different nations and they just share conversationally. If you can be a friend and you know English, then you would be a valuable member of this team. These teams are constantly asking me, is there any more people that could help us? Because the numbers are growing and they need more helpers. Um, And I heard a recent story of our English online uh, ministry where there was a class being held and a man from South Asia was, was part of that class. And at the end of the class, he emailed his teacher and he said, I, I heard about Jesus for the first time in this lesson. Um, how could I find out more about Jesus? And the teacher was able to email back a link um, to the Version Bible app that he could download that onto his phone and put it in his own language. Uh, Later she found out that he bought a Bible in his own language and he was able to find out more about Jesus. Isn't it amazing in this day that we, in in the comfort of our own homes online or just even here at Bridgman, we can reach people that have never ever heard about Jesus. Again, I shared that story this morning and a man caught me in the, the courtyard and he said, that's my story. I came to one of these English classes here at Bridgman Someone gave me a Bible, and now I'm a believer. Isn't it incredible that as we make ourselves available that we can be a part of this? God reaching the nations, people coming to praise him because we stepped in, because we were willing to be a pipe that his blessing wouldn't be something that we would just hold, but it would be something that we share with others. This is God's overarching purpose for this world, And this is the purpose for your life and my life. And as we join him in it, you will not find more fulfillment in life than when you join God and for the purposes that he has for your life. When you leverage all the gifts, everything that he has given you to be a pipeline of God's blessing, I, I can guarantee you will not find a more fulfilling life to live than to pour out your life for God and for those around you. As I said, this this prayer, um, this psalm that we read here tonight is actually one that was read over for centuries over Israelite people. And I just wonder if you might stand tonight just before we sing our last song and I would just want to read and to pray it over us as a people and as a church individually and corporately here and if you want to just make yourselves available and say well God let let me be a pipe let me be a pipe of your blessing to those around me maybe just 
um, as we pray, just open up your hands and have that heart, all that you are, just to be used by God. Would you pray with me now? Just open your hands if you'd like to do that. And let me pray. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. God, I want to ask that, Lord, your blessing would fall over every life here. That, Lord, the greatest blessing that we would know more and more of your presence in our life and through our life, more of who you are, penetrating and infiltrating the depths of our hearts that we would know you. Your favour would be upon us. And, Lord, that we would be conduits of that blessing. Lord, we pray that your ways would be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Lord, we want to take this opportunity now to pray for the Buddhists of this world, those three women, Lord, that we saw prostrating themselves on that road, that, Lord, the the Buddhists of this world, these three women would know that, Lord, you have come, that, Jesus, you have died for them, that you have come to give them life, life to the full, and, Lord, there is a gift of grace for them. Lord, we pray for the Muslims of this world, the Dalits of this world. Lord, that all the peoples of this earth would praise you. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Lord, we look forward to that day where multitudes, people from every tribe and tongue, are worshipping you. And Lord, we just ask that, Lord, as we make ourselves available, that by your Spirit there'll be more and more people, part of that great crowd on that final day, into eternity, Lord, that join because we were conduits of your blessing. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to just conclude with a song of worship and it it speaks, I just love the visual of it, the air that we breathe coming from Him and then exhaling, that everything we have is from Him and for Him. May we just worship Him and lift Him up here tonight. Let's do that now.